Emmanuel, God is with us. What a message. Jesus said that God is the father of all, he is the giver rather, of all perfect gifts. Paul exclaimed, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable, his indescribable gift. And Jesus himself said to the woman at the well when she asked for water. He said, if you only knew the gift of God, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. I want to echo those words of Jesus today. If you only knew the gift of God, you would ask him. The Holy Spirit, of course, is symbolized in the water. You would ask him for eternal life. If you only knew the gift of God. But as amazing as it may seem, I would dare to say that even today, in the second decade of the 21st century, very few people, including Christians, still do not truly know the gift God gave them on that first Christmas some 213 years ago, according to human reckoning by some. Many have not yet unwrapped God's perfect, indescribable gift. To many, this gift is still wrapped up in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. He's still, I say, wrapped up in swaddling clothes. We have not unwrapped the gift that God gave us so long ago. And so today, on the eve of his human birthday, as traditionally observed, because some, of course, toggle the birth of Christ between 6 and 2 B.C., as his actual date, sometime in the spring or the fall, but definitely not in the wintertime. But I want to help you, to help us, unwrap this awesome, wonderful, incredible gift of gifts, Jesus Christ, God's Christmas gift to the world. And so today, my entire message will focus on Jesus Christ, God's Christmas gift sent from heaven with love. And we want to open this gift today slowly and deliberately. I want to show you that Jesus is greater and better than all that ever came before him and all who will ever come after him. Jesus is more excellent than the most excellent. He is greater than the greatest. He is higher than the highest. He is mightier than the mightiest. He is wiser than the wiser, wisest. He is more wonderful than the most wonderful. He is the fairest of the fairest and the most incredible of the incredible. Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lords and he is King of Kings. He is the preeminent one, more prominent than the most prominent. There's just no one else like this first Christmas gift. And we want to unwrap him today. <clears throat> so I say today, that Jesus, my Jesus, is far on a way, far, far above all. He's the mightiest of the mightiest. Jesus, my Jesus, God's Christmas gift. He's also my champion. He's my champion of love. Jesus was born to die, to die for all. But yet, he lived to confound all by the spotless life he lived. Even though he was the purest 
and only perfect man ever to walk this earth, yet he was called a liar. He was called a fraud. He was called a blasphemer, and he was even called a bastard, the son of fornication. Jesus was the meekest man to walk this earth, even more so than Moses. Jesus was spot upon. He was whipped without mercy. His flesh was pierced with spikes, with thorns, and with a spear. He was the only man to be born without sin. Yet he lived without sinning, and he died because of the sting of death and for the penalty of, this, of sin, even though he was sinless himself. His birth shocked the world. His life amazed the world. His death shamed the world, and his resurrection stunned the world. Yet, for the most part, the world has hated him. It still hates him today, and it will even hate him when he comes back in glory to be the judge of the world. Listen, friends, Jesus, my Jesus, was born contrary to the laws of nature. He was the earthly child of a heavenly father and the heavenly child of an earthly mother. He who was the ancient of ages in Bethlehem's barn became the infant of days. Jesus lived in poverty. He was reared in obscurity. It is said that he crossed the borders of his homeland only once, and that, when he was, and that was when he was a child. He had no wealth. He had no influence. He had no formal training, no education. His relatives were inconspicuous and non-influential. Yet, in infancy, he intimidated a king. In boyhood, he confounded learned doctors. In manhood, he ruled the course of nature. He walked upon the waves and he hushed the billows to sleep. Peace be still, and they were. He healed the multitudes without medicine, and he charged no fee for his services. Jesus never wrote a book, yet not one of all the libraries of the world could hold the books that have been written about him, God's first Christmas gift sent from heaven with love. Jesus never wrote a song, yet he has been the theme of more songs than of the songs of all the songs writers combined. He never founded a college, yet all the schools together cannot boast as many students as he has. He never practiced medicine, yet he has healed more broken hearts than the doctors have healed broken bodies. He never marshaled an army or drafted a soldier. He never fired a gun, yet no leader has ever made more volunteers who under his orders have made more rebels stack arms of surrender without a shot being fired. That's Jesus, my Jesus, God's first Christmas gift to the world. This man, I say, Jesus Christ, God's Christmas gift, is entirely and absolutely different from any other individual ever born or yet to be born on the face of the earth. The prophet Isaiah states it well. His name shall be called Wonderful, because that's exactly what he is, wonderful. He is the one great wonder of both heaven and earth. No one else has or ever will approach his caliber. He is in a class all by himself. He has no second. He is utterly 
absolutely and uniquely wonderful. That's Jesus, my Jesus, God's Christmas gift to the world. No one has ever uttered such wonderful teachings as this man uttered. They were so simple that the common people heard him gladly, and yet so profound that no philosopher or wise man has ever sounded their depths. They were handed down to unlearned and ignorant fishermen, yet they have endured for 2,000 years. They have been translated in almost every language under the sun and have transformed human lives so that entire nations have been lifted out of darkness and degradation by their power. He footnoted nothing he said for authenticity or validation. Jesus Christ was the truth. He was his own validation. He was the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And before this humble Galilean peasant, the greatest scholars of the world are forced to bow their heads and confess. Never has any man spoken like that, like this man. Friends, that's Jesus, my Jesus. He was a smart fellow. No other man has ever lived such a wonderful life as Jesus lived. He validated by what he, what he said by the way he lived. He never had to ask God to forgive his sins because he never committed any. His character was without blemish. It was perfect. His enemies watched his every move like a hungry hawk and a vicious vulture. But yet, the worst thing they could say about him was that he did good on the Sabbath and that he allowed a sinful woman to come near enough to him to touch the hem of his garment to be healed. There was never a character so wonderful in its universality. He was born, of course, to a given race at a given time. But this wonderful one transcended his race, transcended his time, and has become the ideal of every race of every age. Friends, listen carefully. If Jesus were merely a man, as so many wise fools so foolishly insist on proclaiming, then by every law of evolution and progress and logic, this 21st century should have produced a better and more wonderful man than Jesus Christ. But I challenge any man, anywhere, in any time, to show me another man, anywhere, in any time, who can even begin to compare with Jesus Christ, this wonderful God-man who walked like a giant among the pygmies of earth. As Charles J. Rowe so eloquently puts it, and I quote him now, the fountain of his fullness never fails. The reservoir of his resources never recedes. The wisdom of his word never wanes. The vigor of his virtue never varies. The burnish of his beauty never blemishes. The luster of his love never lessens. And the prowess of his power never perishes. That's Jesus, my Jesus, God's Christmas gift to the world. And so I'm asking you this morning, do you know him? Do you have him? Have you received the first Christmas gift God has given to the world? And if so, have you unwrapped him? Do you really know what you got for Christmas? Jesus, my Jesus, is divine. He is totally and holy God, while still being totally and holy man. He is God, a very God, clothed in human flesh. The manger birth was but the entrance of his eternal divine being into the limitations of time. 
Bible says he was the exact image of God. In him dwell the completeness of the Godhead and the body of a human being. He is God's only begotten son. He is God's unique son. There has not been or ever will be anyone else like Jesus, my Jesus, God's first Christmas gift to the world. And so listen, friends, as we unwrap this wonderful Christmas gift, he is infinite in his wisdom. He is greater than Solomon. His name is Wonderful Counselor. He is infinite in his essence. He is the mighty God. He is infinite in his existence. He is the everlasting Father, the Father of the ages. He is infinite in compassion. He is the Prince of Peace. He is infinite in character. He alone, he alone, I say, is worthy to be called Wonderful. And so I say to you again this morning, Jesus, my Jesus, God's Christmas gift, sent from heaven with love, is infinite in his person because he is called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And because he bears these names, these infinite names, he is unspeakable in his person. And God, I say, sent him from heaven with love for you and for me. He is God's Christmas gift to the world. Do you have him? If you have him, do you know him? Do you really know him? Do you really know Jesus, my Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us? Let's sing about that name, that name that is above all names, the name of Jesus, God's Christmas gift to the world. We'll ask the children, ages 8 to 11, to leave for junior church at this time as we sing Jesus, name above all names. Let's stand together and sing to his honor. All together now. Jesus, name above all.
Let's continue then to unwrap the Christmas gift that God first gave us to see what we really got at Christmas. Jesus is also infinite in his power. Jesus has always been co-ruler with the father of creation. Even during the 33 years he walked upon this earth because he is the author of creation. John tells us that all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Paul tells us, by him were all things created that are in heaven, in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and by him all things consist. I say again, my friends, Jesus Christ, is a sustainer of the universe in which you and I live. He holds it together by the power of his word and the very presence of his person. I say to you, if it were possible for Jesus to be done away with completely, to be annihilated, as some foolishly claim that he was at the cross, then the entire universe would collapse. Everything around, above, and below us will crumble into dust. Yea, even the dust itself would disintegrate into nothing because Jesus and Jesus alone is the almighty sustainer of all creation. It cannot exist without his existence. He holds it together by the word of his power and the power of his word. And remember, he is the word. He is the master of the elements of nature. See him, I say again, as he stands on the bow of a tossing ship in the midst of a raging storm and the fearful hearts of his disciples on the Sea of Galilee. With three words, he stilled the mighty tempest. He calmed the troubled sea and he drove all fear and doubt from the hearts of his followers. Peace be still, he said, and it was so. That's Jesus, my Jesus, God's first Christmas gift sent from heaven with love. 
But who is this man? Who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? He is Jesus, I say, my Jesus, God's unspeakable gift to you and to me. He it is who turned the water into wine and made the lame to walk. He made the dumb to speak and the blind to see. He is the omnipotent, almighty Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the only true potentate. Oh yes, I say, Jesus, my Jesus, is unspeakable because he is infinite in his power. Now there's much more, much, much more we can say about Jesus. You see, he is also unspeakable because he is indescribable. I agree with Viscount Rutherford. He was a discoverer, discoverer of the atom. And this is what he said in one of his lectures concerning the atom. Quote, the terms we utilize when describing small things such as little, tiny, and might are far too big in their suggestiveness for expressing the nature of the atom. Charles J. Rolls, quoting Rutherford, says this, It is even more true that the word colossal, massive, and gigantic are far too small in their descriptiveness to convey an adequate estimate of the fullness of the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. That's Jesus, my Jesus. The Apostle John would seem to endorse these thoughts. Listen to what he says as he is moved along by the Holy Spirit to write about this one. And he make, he's making an attempt now to describe the indescribable, this un, indescribable one in Revelation chapter 1. This is what the word says. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword, his face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, the Alpha and Omega. Notice now, even here in the word of God, John could only say what Jesus was like. He could only use symbols to describe this indescribable one. He saw him, but yet he did not see him for who he really is. He could not describe him exactly. He could only compare him with what he already knew, what he was like, not what he actually was and not what he actually is. Jesus, my Jesus, God's first Christmas gift is indescribable. My friends, if there's one is, that you really don't know what it is, it is this is. What mortal can describe his peerless person, his infinite being, his almighty power, his glorious beauty, his divine nature, his boundless grace, his unsurpassing love, 
his marvelous miracles, his infallible teachings, his unfathomable sufferings, his inexplicable death, his triumphant resurrection, his glorious ascension to the right hand of the majesty on high. Who can describe, I ask, his glorified humanity? I say to you, no man, no angel, no principality, no power, no one on earth, no one under the earth or in the heavens above can describe him. He is the all in all. He is the indescribable one. And he is God's Christmas gift to you and to me sent from heaven with love. In fact, even the Bible itself uses practically every letter of the alphabet in an attempt to describe the indescribable one. He himself says he is the Alpha and Omega, the A to Z, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, and everything in between, the origin and the conclusion. He is the complete revelation of God. He is the Logos. The Bible utilizes hundreds of titles in an attempt to describe the innumerable aspects of the divine nature of Jesus Christ, as well as his perfect humanity. For instance, he is called the author of salvation, the ancient of days, the anchor of hope, the beginning of creation, the bread of life, the balm of Gilead, the creator of all things, the captain of salvation, the chiefest of 10,000, the day spring from on high, the door of the sheep, the day star to arise, the everlasting to everlasting, the eternal God, and Emmanuel, God with us. He is called Jesus because he came to save his people from their sins. He is called Christ because he is God's anointed one, prophet, priest, and king. And that's only up to J. We could go to the entire alphabet and we can find titles and descriptions of Jesus Christ in an attempt to describe the indescribable one. Again, Charles J. Rolls beautifully puts it in this way, I quote, To his name there is no norm. To his fame there is no finality. To his claim there is no confine. To his love there is no limit. To his honor there is no horizon. To his beauty there is no boundary. To his truth there is no terminus. To his mercy there is no measure. I say to you, Jesus Christ is wonderful. Isn't he? Let's sing about it then. You'll find our next song in the Christmas songbook, and it's number 10. Relax the men to begin and the women to please echo. All together, men. Isn't he? Isn't he? Oh, oh, oh. 
I call that a rhetorical question. Jesus is wonderful, isn't he? Turn it into a statement. Jesus is wonderful. Amen? But there's still more. In fact, much more about Jesus, God's first Christmas gift to you and to me. Jesus is also unspeakable because he is invaluable. He is invaluable, first of all, to the Father. Jesus was the Father's daily, eternal delight. Before God was with us, God the Son was with his Father. Hear the words of the wisest man who ever lived as he describes the relationship the Father and Son enjoyed before he became Emmanuel with us. This is Jesus before Christmas. He, wrote, he writes about it in Proverbs chapter 8. It says, The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. From everlasting I was established. From the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While he had not yet made the earth and the fields, nor the first dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he inscribed a circle on the face of the deep. When he made firm the skies above. When the springs of the deep became fixed. When he set for the sea its boundary, so that the waters would not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth. Now listen to these words. Then I was beside him as a master workman. I was daily his delight. Rejoicing always before him. Rejoicing in the world, his earth. And having my delight in the sons of man. Listen to these words. I was daily his delight. Rejoicing always before him. Jesus was a happy person before he came to earth. But when he came to earth, he was known as the man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. But Jesus, my Jesus, was the source of joy and happiness to the heart of God the Father. His eternal presence in the courts of heaven was the cause for the eternal smile on the lips of the eternal Father. Jesus was the song of the Father's heart. Together they flung the sun, the moon, the stars into their orbit. Today, together they planted the trees, they placed the seas and provided the beasts of the fields, the fish of the seas and the birds of the air with food. Together they fixed the seasons, summer, winter, springtime and harvest. Together they planned and executed the plan for man's redemption. Both of them, father and son, endured infinite agonies in order for man to be saved. The father suffered for a time the loss of his son, the source of his joy and delight, the smile of his lips and the beat of his heart. When Jesus, my Jesus, left the portals of glory to be born in a manger so that he could suffer the judgment and condemnation for my sin and for your sin. And even during this time, while he was on earth away from heaven, the father had to tear the heavens apart and he had to shout to the world, this is my beloved son, 
with whom I am well pleased. Oh, how the father loved the son. Oh, how he loved him, I say. Oh, yes, my friends, Jesus is invaluable to the father. Yet listen carefully now. Both of them agreed that he had to forsake heaven and give up the outward manifestation of his glory in the Godhead to take this stupendous stoop of becoming a man in order to die for the human race. And that's what Christmas was all about. Christ being sent into the world to become a, to become a man in order to die for my sin and for your sin also. He who fixed the laws of the universe became subject to those laws himself. He for which everything was made became poor. He who enjoyed the presence of the only supreme deity rubbed shoulders with sinful flesh. He who was worshipped by heaven's myriads of angels, seraphim and cherubim, became an outcast, despised and forsaken of man. He was spat upon, he was ridiculed, he was jeered, and he was finally rejected by those to whom he came. He who knew no sin was made a sin offering for you and for me. He who was spotless, blameless, and pure took upon himself the penalty for all the dirty, vile, corrupt sins of the entire human race. He who knew nothing but the smile of God's face and favor experienced excruciating pain of having that face turned away and against him as he was being judged for the sin of the world. He who was the light and lights of the world was engulfed in the darkness, in the darkest of darkness. He who was the hope of the world cried out in despair on the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He who was the resurrection and the life died under the judgment of man's sin in his place. Wonder of wonders, my friends. Jesus, my Jesus, God's first Christmas gift to the world, did not remain in the tomb. He was triumphant over sin, over death, over Satan, and over hell. The third day he arose to be seated at the right hand of his Father on high. And so well might the songwriter pen the words, Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. That's Jesus, my Jesus, God's first Christmas gift sent from heaven with love. This, therefore, makes him not only invaluable to God, but also invaluable to you and to me. He is God's greatest gift to you. No one is more valuable than he is. Listen again to Charles J. Rolls as he says, and I quote, Christ, the gift of God, outstrips all estimates. Artists cannot depict him. Orators cannot describe him. Culture cannot appraise him. Bankers cannot value him. Earth cannot equal him. Heaven cannot match him. And angels cannot compare with him. No scales can weigh his worth. No tables can measure his value. And so, and no standards of calculation can append a cost to so priceless a gift. No wonder the Apostle Paul had the cry out, 
thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Have you cried out to God and said that to him as you received the first Christmas gift God gave? And so I say to you, as we celebrate his birth, surely it is clear to see that Jesus, my Jesus, is the greatest Christmas gift that can ever be given. Jesus, my Jesus, is the greatest of the greatest and the most valuable of the valuable. Surely, I say, this is the time for us to bow the knee in worship and raise our hands in praise as we say again with the Apostle Paul, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable, indescribable gift. And so I ask you again, my friends, who is Jesus to you? Do you know the gift of God? Do you really know him? Do you know what you got for Christmas? Have you unwrapped him in your mind, in your heart, and in your life? How much do you value him? What are you going to do with him this morning, right now? Will you trust him as your savior? Or will you once again reject him as useless and invaluable to you? I say to you, if you are already a believer, will you go on, will you go on making yourself Lord of your life? Or will you surrender to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, the greatest of the greatest? What does your heart tell you to do right now? Do you know, really know, the gift of God? Emmanuel, God with us. He was born in a manger long ago to live a sinless life so he could die for your sins and my sins. But he wants right now, today, to be born in you so that he would be formed in you so that the gift would keep on giving as he lives his life in and through us and Christ is formed in us day by day through obedience and subjection to this will. So I ask you right now, will you let him be born in you right now? Please bow with me in a word of prayer, in a time of reflection. I want you to think very carefully now. Have you really received the first Christmas gift? If you haven't, will you do so right now where you are? And if you have already received him, I ask you, have you unwrapped him? Have you really looked to see what you got for Christmas? The gift that God sent so long ago. I can guarantee you, if you unwrap this Christmas gift, you would love him more than you've ever done before. And you will obey him. You will seek to honor him in your life. And this Christmas will be a different Christmas for you because you will be allowing the one who is born in you to now grow up in you and to show his likeness in your life. We're going to ask you to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. If you've never done it before, to do so now, to receive him as the first Christmas gift so that Christ can be born in you. If you have received him, we can ask you to recommit your life to him, to love him, to serve him, and to seek to live a holy life, even as he is holy. Chara is coming now, and she's going to sing this wonderful song, Be Born in Me. And if you want to make a decision for Christ, as she sings, I'm going to ask you to come forward, stand here. If you have a spiritual need that you'd like for one of our men 
to pray with you or to talk about, please, as she sings, come forward. I won't be asking again. I'm just giving you that invitation now as she sings, be born in me.
And that's our prayer today, that if you have not done so far, you would allow Christ to be born in you today. And for those of us who know him, that we will allow him truly be the master of our souls. Amen? Well, we trust that you might leave here today with your heart filled with praise and thanksgiving for this indescribable one we call Jesus Christ. He is wonderful, isn't he?